Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We're back, and this... This is really special. Yes, it is. This is very special. Those of you who are listening um, to this, this is technically airing as our 100th. Our 100th episode. 100th 100. episode. 100. 100. is crazy. I can't believe we've been doing this. Like, forever. Yeah. No, I mean, no, not forever. forever but, but like two and a half, almost three years. It's about three years. Yeah. It's been about three years. That's That's really... That's amazing. And it was so organic. We totally just kind of, this is a little bit of a Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just kind of landed. <laughs> it just, well, it basically came out of a bunch of conversations we were having. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just said, well, why don't we just do a podcast? Actually, it was we were doing webinars and we were doing you a bunch of webinars, other things. But then we would have these really good discussions and we were like, you know what? Let's turn into a podcast. Let's just turn into so okay. this is our 100th podcast. And then the other really cool thing is we're doing a Facebook Live while we're recording this. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And um, so we got an audience out there. <laughs> yes, we got an audience. <laughs> while we do this. And um, I am physically finally with Will. When we record, I'm we, in Chicago. Yeah, you're in Chicago. I'm in Maryland. And we're just, I'm in my basement. You're in your I'm in my office. office yeah. In my home office studio thing in my house. So... This is us finally being able to be... Finally being in each other's vicinity, space. space. So this is cool. This This is is really cool. This is really cool. cool. Okay. So... So, music tip. Music tip. Yes. Um, I scour the web for music (laughs) tips. I try to find stuff to help you all out. And this one was actually pretty cool. I I haven't downloaded the app yet. I'm going to download it. But it's called Producer Tools. And I think it's only available right now on Android. And what it does is, it, I'll read you what it says. It says, they take care of the tedious parts of music making. So the app dubs itself as a brainy studio assistant who can quickly ask what frequency is A sharp. So oh. for those of you all who are mixers and trying to find frequencies and everything else for EQing and all that, it will find you the frequency of whatever p- pitch you're working on. Uh, what should I, it also said, what should I boost to make the kick drum bigger? So for mixing, so it's a nice little app that gives you that information. So it says they provide, uh, they manage making chords, provide frequency translators, and an EQ guide for mixing. Nice. Nice. You keep finding these tools that I keep saying make people lazy. But it's not lazy. It's supporting. It's it's teaching. That there is teaching and learning because then if it's giving you that cue, at least now you... If you talk to any one of my students, they'll tell you that I, I don't go soft on them. I, I make I'm, I make sure that they they have the information and they're working right. for stuff. Right. But I try to give them tools that make the work a lot easier and faster. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, and I think the ease of of making things um, faster, but still, yes, challenge. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I always, always challenge. That, that, that's not now. a question. <laughs> that is not a question. I'm going to challenge them. Yes. All right. Well, I like that. I like the, I I as a singer probably will never use that. Yeah. But yeah. I work with producers and. Yep. All day long. All the day all long. Day, all the day all long. All the day long. They drive me crazy all and the day long. we're going to do something someday soon. 
<laughs> I know. It's coming up. Okay, I'm here. Can we record? <laughs> yeah. no, like... Not today. Okay, but, not today. You know. Yeah, no, I'm not recording today. All right, so our topic. You came up with the topic. Today, this is so organic, folks, because I didn't even <laughs> know what the topic was. Well, I thought the topic was going to be something else for our 100th episode, but I think this is good yeah. for the 100th. So. Yeah. Well, it, it ties in with um, the, the last episode we did about getting out of your comfort zone. But I just had the idea of um, finding your voice. Like, what, what does that mean? A lot of people say, I haven't found my voice. And they're, they're looking for their sound and all of that stuff. So I basically um, sat down and thought about it. What, how did I find my voice? Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the saxophone, the tenor saxophone, which was my main instrument, um, that was a process. A very long <laughs> and arduous process, um, and it took years to develop. And it was, of course, it's all all through school and all your training. But of course, learning your, your scales and all that stuff. But you know, I I studied. I studied the masters. Like I went to so in jazz, they they sort of make things a little bit more. Um, how do you, how do you say it? It's challenging, but they want you to to pledge. Ah, they want you to get so it's hazed, like you're being hazed. Yeah. <laughs> to go to get to your yeah, sound. Yeah, because yeah, and yeah. it's that's, that's what it feels like. So yeah. I was basically learning these masters, like transcribing solos, memorizing solos, going into serious detail. Um, you know, Charlie Parker, Dexter Gordon, you know, Sonny Stitt, Coltrane, all these these masters. Those of you who don't know, he's a saxophone. Yeah, I'm a saxophone. Just, yeah, just for just, just yeah, FYI. Yeah, just FYI. <laughs> but I I also do the whole production thing, and that and that's interesting because I'm still developing my sound on the As production a producer, side. Yeah, because producers have a oh for sure. Yes. A good producer has you know has definitely a sound. You can hear Jam and Lewis, like yeah, you know that that's Jam and Lewis. Yeah, for yeah. and and that's. You know, Timbaland. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. just these certain sounds that you're like, oh, yeah, um, Pharrell, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell a Pharrell song instantly. So that whole premise of finding a voice really does transfer beyond just an instrumentalist or a singer. Exactly. And, yeah. she, and she's going to tell her journey. But, uh, you know, for me, that that's what it was. And then I studied other instruments. I studied the, the masters on other instruments. Um, and then what I started to do was record myself. Mm-hmm. So for all of you instrumentalists and vocalists, um, recording yourself is probably the biggest step that you can do to help develop your sound. Because what it does is it it puts in your own ear your identity. Absolutely. And that's yeah. that's what I that was one of the biggest steps that I did. I actually learned what my language was, and I started practicing my language, mm. and that developed mm-hmm. my sound even better. Does, was that you know I know a lot for singers, particularly because the voice sounds so different from what. You hear yourself because you have your inner ear versus mm-hmm. what your outer ear, which is a completely different way your brain is forming sound. So for like an instrument, an instrument is an instrument is an instrument. So when you play your E, you're going to hear the E the same way I You are, do, you are right? but it's still, it it, no, it, it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same because even though you know you're playing an E, mm-hmm. the quality of the sound is, is right. still different from somebody else playing an E. Exactly. So the quality is, is different from another person, but the way you hear that sound... Um, you know, should whether you're listening to the recording or yourself, however, emotionally you're invested differently. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so the way you receive the sound is different. For singers, we have a double, a little bit of a double whammy on this mm-hmm. because literally how I hear myself from this, from the inner ear, mm-hmm. is not how you guys experience my talking right, or singing right. voice. And as a singer, we're usually, and this is a bad habit, and we have to learn to get out of our inner ear. 
Because we might, what we think we're hearing, we think the audience is hearing, but right. it's actually quite distorted yes. from that. And that's why recording yourself is the best thing you can <laughs> yes, do because you can reconcile, you reconcile that difference. Exactly. Yep. exactly. So that, that's one of the things, like I said, it was like a huge, um, huge thing for me. And then eventually um, I was on my senior recital at Howard um, and I was nervous. I had been practicing for, for hours and hours trying to sound good. And I made it through the first set. And in the second set, I started to play and my reed died. Oh, oh, and then Sax's reeds died. My that's reed not, died. And I didn't have another reed. Oh. So it was either that reed <laughs> or no I reed. Think, I think I heard his story. Yeah. And then what did you do? And then I just like took a deep breath. I prayed. <laughs> I was like, Lord, <laughs> help me get through this. Uh, you know, I was just praying and then oh. took a deep breath and blew it as hard as I could blow. Yeah. And then I heard a sound come out of my instrument that I'd never heard before. Oh. And then I just grabbed onto that thing, <laughs> and I just, I just we ride it. I, and ride I did it. not let the horn out of my mouth. Oh, I, it's wow. like so normally you would talk right after yeah. you finish a song. I did yeah. not even. I, I played the next <laughs> song and the next song, and I finished the set. And and but with, whenever I remember playing, whenever I grabbed the horn, I remember that moment, yeah. and I remember that sound, yeah. and that's the sound that I play with. Interesting. So you needed the complete, like all of us, crisis. Yeah, it's that that fire moment, <laughs> right? You know? That made you, yeah, respond. Yep. Interesting. It was deep. It was, and then yeah. and then the other uh, other pivotal moment was um, I was on a gig, and so that was my sound, mm-hmm. and then I was on a gig playing at some rich person's house in DC, <laughs> and for some reason I just could find everything that I was trying to find, and it was yeah. like, okay, I'm actually doing this like the way I want to do it, <laughs> and it was beautiful. It was like a moment of mm-hmm. ah. Yeah. And then so so between my sound, my voice and sound to the technique and connecting everything, that's sort of where everything sort of came together. Nice. So I guess, you know, and that's for for an instrumentalist technique sound, I mean it, you know, it's it's coming in your the way that you are playing, the way that you are breathing. So the mm-hmm. physicality of it is, yes. is significant. Yes. For that. Uh singers is the same way. The physicality is really important. Um, so, so your journey, ha- oh Lord, your it's journey. too long. It's too long. We're still finding our voice. Jesus. You know, it's funny. I think for me, I didn't even understand that I needed to find my voice. You know, I mean, I don't think that that, um, I think there was just kind of these natural evolutions and mm-hmm. learning. I, I didn't even think singing was really even special mm. until, um, Probably not until around high school where I was being pushed more to like audition. Okay. And I mean, I, I would audition for different things, but they were choirs and they weren't situations where I was really going to have to be doing solos. Um, right. I did do my first solo in elementary school, like Feed the Birds was the, it was from, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's from, it's, 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 the, it's Mary Poppins. Yeah, Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah, Mary yeah, Poppins. yeah. Feed yeah. the Birds. Yeah. Da, da, da. That was my very first solo. So that was the first time I was like, oh. I got to I got to sing by myself, you know. Though that was a little weird, but again, I was too young to understand anything like that. But when right, I got right. to high school, it was time like, oh, we're doing the musical Grease. You have to audition. What are you gonna sing? And it's like, and then what's gonna happen? You want me to be like a part? So that was the first time I had to start really thinking about right, right. how am I going right. to sound to impress them to cast me in a role, you know? So that meant yeah, that's, like that's a that's yep. you really have to start thinking about. Who am I? 
at that point, and how am I going to transfer my skills to show them that I can do this role, blah, blah, blah. So I only made it into like the, I made Grease, but I wasn't a character. I, I was okay. in the chorus. Okay. I was a freshman. So they, yeah, you know. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> but what pushed me, the first time I ever got pushed vocally, and I was like, oh my God, this is really hard. I'm really afraid. I got all the, <laughs> all the psychological problems <laughs> the singers right, right, get. Right. Um, my sophomore year of high school, I tried out for The Wiz. Okay. Now, I had no anticipation of being anything more than a munchkin. And I swear to God, I am not lying. And my friends in Denver who are watching this, who went to high school with me, I swear to Jesus that when I auditioned, my goal was to be a munchkin. I just wanted to be in that play. Now, how you going to be a munchkin? I'm serious. I don't You're too know. Tall to be a munchkin. I get on my knees. That's what they do. I just wanted to get in the play. And so what ended up happening, I actually, so you do callbacks. You know, when it's theater, it's, it's very intense. You go right, through right. auditions and then you do callbacks and... Long story short, I got to the, like, final, final callback, which they only called three of us. Okay. And I knew the other two girls were definitely up for Dorothy, because okay. we all knew in high school, oh, yeah, of this course. Is... Yeah, of course. So if Vernethia is watching this, she's friends with me, and Selena Gates, we're all friends on Facebook. I was like, oh, wait, wait, you try to, what? I, this is maybe me considered for Dorothy? So that was really shocking, because I didn't even think that was, but that was the first time, and I ended up getting Dorothy. What? I, I ended up being From Dorothy. Munchkin to Dorothy. From Munchkin to that's, Dorothy. That's a book. That's a book. <laughs> that's a book. Hey, I like that's that. From title. Munchkin to Dorothy. <laughs> but that was the first time that I was, it came to my attention, no child, you actually sing. Like yes. that was that was the first time. Yes. It's like, y'all really believe in me like this? Mm -hmm. And then my, my teacher, my vocal the instructor at that time, Benny Williams, she pushed the mess out of me. And good, that was good. the first time that I had to actually think about Right. My sound right. and how I produce sound and how I execute it and how does how's the audience going to connect? You know, Dorothy has a lot of you know home has to be saying a certain I mean a very very special well, we, certain we, way. We know the Wiz, you know right. the Stephanie Mills thing, but right. Yeah. And here, this little fifteen year old girl trying to anyway that would be Kenya. But that was the first time it was pushed. Then I get to Howard University. Oh Lord <laughs> Jesus, that was hazing. Woo! Ooh, talk about hazing. So then Howard there. Gospel Choir, yes. HGC, from my HGC fam. That's where we met. This is where we met. And that was a choir that you don't just go on a campus and join the choir. No, no. Mm -mm. You audition, and that audition was intense. Yes, it was. You had to not only perform, you had to show retention, that you could mm -hmm. remember everything. So that was the next time that I was... I mean, the audition process was psychologically kind of overwhelming for me. And then on top of that, once we got in the choir, that was just the beginning. Because he... He worked you. Our Phileas Paul Gatling III, the director, yep. worked, worked our tails. Yes, and so did. if you couldn't find your voice <laughs> in that process... And he was yet another pivotal point that taught me, this is who you are, Kenya, and you can keep soaring. Like, you can, you can keep doing this. And so that was level. And then life just kind of went on and blah, blah, blah. And I would say just recently, um, now that I'm doing this professionally, I finally had my, my current vocal coach who was, has been on the podcast. I talk about her all the time, Lindia Johnson. She's she was, awesome. She yeah. has been my most kind of now really settling into my voice because she pointed out parts of my voice that I never had yeah, anybody yeah. point out to me. Before. I mean, she's like a surgeon. I she mean, is. a vocal surgeon. She and, really and is. If y'all haven't listened to that podcast episode, you yeah. have to listen to that one. Yeah. She's she, amazing. She's amazing. And she's, she's like all other music instructors who are good. 
brutal. Like they, mm-hmm. they get to the truth yeah. fast. And so I was used to that. I think a lot of singers are not, if you haven't gone through training and really pushed, when you get somebody to push you, it's very intimidating. It can make you feel like you're not supposed to sing ever again in your life. But I was used to having, because of Paul at, at mm-hmm. Howard's Gospel, and then when I was in high school, my high school teacher, they had pushed me so hard. So when Lindia came along, I mean, I, was, I got uncomfortable again, yeah, but, you were ready but I was that. ready. Yeah. I was yeah. ready. And so I was ready also to receive. So now the way that I have kind of settled, she really pointed out things in my voice that I didn't think were so special. And mm-hmm. now she's taught me how to hear and, and get, to get out of my head and to get out of my body and to understand that what the audience is hearing is not what I'm hearing. And so when I record, get out of that, get out of that mind frame yeah. and, and, and actually sing from spirit um, and sing from, tr- sing from truth. And so my whole kind of finding my voice has been, you know, yes, I always record, definitely. Any mm-hmm. show that I ever do, yep. anything, I always record. I don't always post what I record. <laughs> <laughs> but I have my husband or I have somebody record me yeah. Yeah. all the time. And I always look back immediately after. Right, right. I look back that night. How yeah, painful fr- fresh or in your mind. Fr- well, yeah. it's fresh in my mind. So that, like you said, I can self, I can, I can understand what works. Because there are things that work that I didn't realize worked. When I watch back, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that worked. And then there were things that I thought I was on stage. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> you thought you were connecting. I thought I was doing it. And then I watch it back. I'm like, that didn't do nothing. That wasn't that was special. I have many of those. Many of those. <laughs> so it really informs me and it helps me get more in the lane of what the audience is experiencing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And there are parts, there are things that I do now that I recognize the audience really enjoys that I didn't necessarily right. understand. Right. So. Yeah, it's 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 really key to get the view from the audience. What what is the audience hearing uh, from what you're you're delivering? How is how is that being received? Yeah, and you know that that makes the world a difference in and basically refining what you do. Absolutely. No, it's really important, um, and and that's what's also so key about as a singer, at least. Um, you know, finding that I, I talk to singers all the time about this finding vocal ID and uh, instrumentation. You have an ID mm-hmm. too. That identity. Um, and that you consistently deliver that identity uh-huh. because also with your fans, and this is how this starts to relate into financial situations. <laughs> if you can change, it's nothing wrong with being an artist and exploring these different, you know, types of music and things and all of that. Right, I think right. that's really important as an artist. You need to have that liberty. At the same time, if you start changing your ID or your identity, yep. now your audience doesn't quite know what to click on to because they they identified, even no matter what, if it was a fast song, slow song, pop song, whatever, they identified with you with that identity. Exactly, exactly. Right. And then when you start changing that identity, they don't know where to go with you mm-hmm. on that. And so your greatest of your great performers, um, you know, every saxophone player you mentioned, they mm-hmm. had an, an identity. They had a brand. They had a state. They, yep. they had this thing that you were trying to learn and ascribe to. And as singers, it's the same idea. We, you know, from our Whitney's to our Shaka's, there's a very specific thing, no matter if Shaka's singing a standard, if she's singing um, her a house remix, I've right, seen her. Right, I mean, she's right. still, ah, I mean, still, she's yeah, still Shaka. <laughs> she's yeah. still Shaka. And that's really important in finding your voice to keep your identity, no matter how you start to spread your wings in terms of artist, you know, liberties and, and doing different things. You right. still got to be consistent with that. That's it. That is totally it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think um, there's a level of that, that you get to when you finally found your voice. I mean, we're always growing. Like, you know, even though I have my voice, I'm still growing and developing my sound. 
But once you get to a certain level, that's when you have a, you're a, considered a professional at what you right. do. And, and that's really where you're trying to get to is just get to that, that baseline level of sounding professional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from there, you're always going to continue to grow. But, I mean, that, I think that's that is what huge. people are looking for. When yeah. you say professional, okay, so because this is, I think this is, particularly nowadays where independent artists can just kind of be out there. Mm-hmm. What makes a person professional? I mean, you were saying finding your voice, but what is that thing that we hear that lets us know, oh, that's a professional singer or that's a professional musician versus, oh, they like to well, sing. Well, the, the layman's term is you're getting paid for it. <laughs> so like an elder <laughs> told me, he says, you're not, one in, you're not one until you're hired as one. Mm. So that's, okay. that's what being a professional is. So, but really, when others really consider you a professional, um, that's when they hear certain elements in your playing or your singing yeah. that, okay, yeah, this person spent time developing their craft. And in, and for me, it was actually learning the language uh, of, of jazz and being able to play it in a, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what made my sound professional. That's why I got hired to do this and that and go on you know tours and whatever, play at festivals and all that. That's huge. No, that that's it. Yeah. And I, I think for singers, you know, what allows us to, you know, it's funny because I, I will, now I will, I, I've, I think the most recent situation, I, I was asked to sing at a memorial and, um, you know, this was just a friend's, you know, mother had passed away. So it was not, you know, a big memorial. It was a smaller gathering. And she asked me to sing. <laughs> and so I did. And afterwards, I had so many people say, no, you're actually a professional singer. Like, mm-hmm. you're not, you didn't just come up there and sing for today. Like, mm-hmm. this is what you do, right? And I was like, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, what made them, I mean, I sang Blessed Assurance. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it was. And I'm like, you know, I think now the way that it's being delivered, I think also for singers, the way you are able to, um, your stage presence uh-huh. is a huge part of your professionalism. Um, if you're getting on stage, and you still can't make eye contact or you still can't connect to the lyric. You can't convey the story that you're telling. There's a, a level of professionalism that starts to, uh-huh. to waver. So in finding your voice, you also have to begin to find who you are, period. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. that you're comfortable enough to connect and really give the song its voice. Yeah. Instead of it being all about you and did I get that note right? Or, you know, it, it, it becomes this higher level. Yeah, I think even for instrumentalists and vocalists, um, it's a baseline. You know this is the intro. This mm. is the song. And this is the ending, yeah. and you can you can round out the ending. Mm-hmm. You can make it sound like it's an ending, yeah. and then you can also make it sound like it's a, a beginning. And you give just enough in the middle, and I think that gives a concept that people know you're a professional. Mm. But then also within that middle, you're not going all over the place. So like vocalists, you're not going <laughs> and, and yes. instrumentalists, you're not playing, filling up all the space yes. that the, the music doesn't oh. have space to breathe. So it's 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 that. And when, once you have that concept down and you develop your sound within that, that's when people actually say that you're a professional. Oh, my God. And I don't, you know, people, I tell people, you know, the, the average audience, they're not musicians. So they mm-hmm. don't have this. They don't know what uh, makes they, the song right, right. They sound don't know, good. They don't, they don't know, know what it is. But what you just said, it's the feeling that gets elicited when you do those things yes. in a song. Yeah. When you build a song. When you have, when you give space for people to imagine and for people to sit in it with you, where you're not just telling them everything, just blah, 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 and you're just going for it. It's like I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you just a little bit less, so that you can kind of get in here with me, and then we're gonna build this together. So by the end, 
it's not just me preaching to you the song. It's I've taken you on the journey. And mm-hmm. so you're just as you're invested. You're preaching with me. Yes. Yeah. You're just as invested as I am. So by the end, we're both. You know, we're both here. And those are like the best songs. So if you those go to church, yeah. the preacher doesn't start in right when you walk in the door. It doesn't start in going, ha, <laughs> ah, ah, and the organ's going, ah, ah. That doesn't happen immediately. <laughs> no. That happens <laughs> after they had the, the praise and worship, right. after they've had, you know, certain, the word and all these other things. And at the, at the end of the sermon, is when they'll go, uh, yep, and, that, that's, exactly. and you know that that's the moment. You know, no, that's the it. Holy Ghost. That's when people start running around the church. Right. So that's that's how it is. That's how you have to build a song. You gotta you gotta start in with the praise and worship. You know. Oh, that you was an awesome metaphor. Well, no, you know. It, yeah. And it's funny because you need to be able to do that without the audience saying, "Okay." I mean, at church we know. You know, you kind of know the format, yeah. and we know that a song is supposed to naturally build. But the point is, as a performer, as an artist, you want to take your audience on the ride with you. And I yeah. think that's that's something that is getting a little bit lost nowadays is people are becoming quite selfish in their artistry and making it mm-hmm. purely about them and not understanding the importance of getting your audience to come in there with you yeah. and, and to enjoy the ride, which means then you might have to be a little simpler than mm-hmm. maybe because the audience has to be able to access it. Now, jazz... Yep. Jazz audience, they want it. They want their head to spin. They want they want to be taken in these really, you know, vast Com- directions. Yeah, complex directions. Yes, in these yeah. complex. And so if you don't do that, that becomes yeah. a problem because you're not but taking But you can't give enough. it away immediately. Yeah. So uh-huh. Jackie McLean would say, and I, unfortunately I never had a lesson with Jackie Mack, but a bunch of my friends did. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me what he would say. Um, and even, even the masters that taught me, um, is you don't give it away too early. You know, you you sort of come in and you you give a little bit, and then by the end of your solo, that's when you're you're delivering. That's the magic. I love when songs do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love. And then the hook is you don't want it to end. Yeah. Like you know, and so then you stop it just before mm-hmm. you know. It's like oh no, I want to. You know those songs? You're like oh no, I want mm-hmm. you to keep going. I want you to keep going. But that's that's the perfect song because now I'm gonna go repeat I'm, it. I, I know uh, Kenya's buttons, so watch watch when Uh-oh. I watch when I press Uh-oh. this one. So, uh, you know, just like when Minnie Ripperton doesn't give you the high note in the beginning. No, she's not going to do that. She waits. And, and then even when she does do it, it's so subtle and it's, it's, it's in its moment and then it leaves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, okay, now exactly. I'm just going to stay on it. I'm just going to stay on it. I'm just gonna, I mean, she might have a part of the song that is a whole note that she's, you know, just kind of holding for a long time. But that's also the beauty is when you know your voice— you know how to dose it too. You yep. know, and I think Layla does this magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. She, oh yeah, she knows that. I mean, we all know this. Layla knows that voice ridiculously, yep. and so she knows her voice so, so, so well, and she knows what makes what the audience yep. is is waiting for, and so she teases you, and she dances with you, and she pulls back, and she throws it back on you, and she comes back again, and I think that is yep. why we're like, oh my God, Layla, you just, oh, I can't take it no more, mm-hmm. because she's playing with, she's she's brought you in, she's got you, she's got, she not only she brought you, I mean, she's got you wrapped around, like... <laughs> So, so if you can't tell, Kenya is definitely a music connoisseur. <laughs> if if there was a tour, you know, you have a wine tour and all, these, she would be the tour guide because she knows Aww. she 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 studies like she studies all this. So stuff. I should say that, and, and you mentioned about studying, and you know, for me, music is so much love, so much passion. St- studying seems too formal, or it seems like you know, this arduous yeah, kind of thing, and it's not at all it. for me. Like, yeah. I listen to music every day. I listen to something different every day, whether it be 
something that I've written or somebody else or whatever. And yes, I definitely pay close attention to mood, nuance, um, and and what is it? What is it that's setting this apart? Right. You know, and what? And that's why I get frustrated when my kids play me this. Oh Lord! <laughs> we're not. We're not going to trash the new no, music. No, we're not. There's I'm not going to trash it, it. But there's but no yeah, nuance. Yeah, there's no nuance. There's I totally no agree. Yeah, and no, so it's difficult yeah. for me because I don't just like a good beat. Yeah. I like a good beat, but I don't just like a good beat. Right. And so, but I also know that I have a very picky ear, and so you know, I don't expect anybody. But yeah, no, I am, and I think artists, you have to, you you've got to become, you got to become that too. So that so that's a good point you just actually brought up is that. Um, once you develop yourself, your sound, your your listening uh, ability, um, don't don't uh, go too far beyond mm. that. You can't actually appreciate some of the other stuff that d- it does have value. Yeah. So uh, appreciate the value that's in it, because I because I, I attest to this because when, if you're a jazz musician, you're studying like you know masters, and you're going way off the deep end yeah. into the realms of musical mastery. And coming back to, you know, some some so just a some basic four four, four times. <laughs> uh, it's like okay, um, yeah, that's that's nice, you know. But you have to go back to, appre- to the appreciation yeah. point of the value of it, yeah. and that's that's something that I had to 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 really you know just smack myself in the head and be like, look, you know, this yeah. this is good stuff, yeah. you know. Don't don't just live out in this this other world. Yeah. This stuff is really good, too. That's a good point. And I think, you know, I, I first heard John Mayer talk about um, his fan ear versus who he is. Right, right. And so he said, my fan ear is like, and he named some, you know, guitarists and blues people that he's like, I can't play like that. I can't right. do that. But I listen to it. I love it. It's, you know, I'm all about it. There he's like, go. but I know me. Yep. And what I can do. So I do what I can do. I don't try to now do that thing over there that I know I love, but I can't. And that's something that I constantly have to reconcile because I like complicated music. I like very, very complicated music, and I like my ear to be all, you know, tricks and all this. But I've learned that, okay, while I like that, that doesn't always translate into what I (laughs) have the ability Mm -hmm. to do. So also, when you're, as an artist, you can be a fan of something and really like a certain styling and not necessarily try to do that style of music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love jazz. I know, though, that I am not, I mean, I take elements of jazz and moments of it, but it would be very difficult for me to sit down and just do a straight ahead you know, jazz vocal thing. That's not, that's one skill-wise I haven't trained myself, I think, enough for it to be um, in yeah, that she can space, do it. I could if I focus, but I think I start. What happens is then I start wanting like, come on, where's where's the R and B? You already have the basic where's concepts. The soul? So you, I have you have the it. basic concepts. You could yes. do it. It's, I, it's okay. not. Yeah, you could do it. Yes, maybe. No, I, I I could, but I also really really enjoy what my voice is able to do in in more soulful. Um, tones and you know without doing a bunch of scatting and fast I like to I, I know my voice sits nice when it just can ride a note you know when mm-hmm. it can just kind of sit in a note and not do a bunch of things with it so um, yeah well um, yeah the last thing I would say mm-hmm. is that uh, once once you've quote unquote found your voice to a certain level um, continue to grow don't stay there um, develop your voice Miles Davis did it uh, Prince did it. You know, all the masters will continue to grow. Yeah. And they'll they'll continue to find what it is uh, that they can add to their sound to make it even better. 
So that that would be the last sort of. And don't be afraid. I mean, I'm I'm ca- working on. I, I I have a new producer who I really hope I can bring on the podcast uh, next season. When we, mm-hmm. I think we're kind of booked for the fall, but um, who does more hip hop? And so he <laughs> is definitely challenging me because I have never done a hip hop song and never really desired to. Okay. Um, and so, but this song that we're working on, there's going to be an element. Okay. Look at Will. He's like, that's, that's, oh, that's, Lord. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, Lord. And um, what's so exciting for me about it is mm-hmm. seeing kind of how I can sit in these same, in these different spaces, but I think the idea is very much the same. Like, yeah. I, it's still well, very Your identity is going to carry through. Right. It carries yeah. through, which is really, really, that, that makes me really excited because that lets me know that can keep opening up my artistry i don't have to feel caged like right. i have to only do exactly. this kind of music for this kind of station for this kind of it's like no in fact you can kind of even spread your wings a little over here so as as singers as artists you know that whole getting uncomfortable mm-hmm. finding your voice and and being so comfortable with your voice that you can now bring it in spaces that maybe otherwise wouldn't hear your voice yeah like that's yeah. a cool that's a cool thing to do Yep, I do that all day, every day, doing commercial music. Uh, right, <laughs> right. I just, I just did a New Orleans uh, second line oh. track. So it's and it's fun. I love doing it. Yeah, I love creating it. So yeah. it's awesome. Cool. Well, that is it, folks. I think this is it. That's so, hundredth episode. episode. Thank you, guys, who watched on our Facebook Thank Live. You all. I see the names yep. and people and all the likes and all that and stuff. So that's really, really cool. I'll make sure I share this Facebook Live. Yep. Um, and this will be live on Monday. Not this. No, no, no. This podcast. Oh, that's that, right. No, that's right. No, this podcast we got, episode. We got some mills. We, we kind of recorded this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So we got one. We got the 99th. We got the 99th. We're not telling you who Monday. that is. No, we're not telling that. And you'll but enjoy this. that one. <laughs> but the 100th will come the next Monday. Monday yeah. Well, y'all are listening in live time if you're on the podcast, but whatever yeah. that date, I think it's something like um, October. I don't know. I don't I can't, know. I gotta look at the I can't do the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that is it. All right. Talk to y'all later. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you would like to join our new artist development program, the 3MB Club, please contact us via email at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com to get on the waiting list and request membership. On the first of the month, those on the waiting list will be emailed a link to officially subscribe. Membership closes on the fifth of each month. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.